0: Episode 900. The Green Bay Packers scored four touchdowns on four trips into the red zone. The Dolphins scored zero touchdowns on four trips into the red zone. That was the difference in a win, but can the momentum continue to carry? It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. (coughs) Next. Good evening, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central on Cheesehead TV. Coming to you live from Wisconsin's capital city in Madison, here at Birock Bar and Restaurant. I'm your host Brian Carvu, and joined by my co-host Ben Hofferman. Ben, how you doing today?
1: Doing well. How's it going?
0: It's going well.
1: Does this feel like a big one? Nine hundred?
0: Nine hundred woot woop.
1: Can I uh, ask you a question? Has your intro music been the same for all nine hundred
0: episodes? No, it is not. It no? it's changed over the years. It used to just be some uh generic uh royalty free oh, <laughs> back man. in the beginning. <laughs> We, get, we got actual I, – I talked to the record company, got permission to play this cool Umphreys McGee oh, song. okay. Yeah.
1: But back on the ham radio,
0: you were playing royalty-free <laughs> stuff, huh? Yeah, very interesting. All right, uh, let's get to it here. What's going on out here? Thanks, Vince. Uh, ben, takeaways from a 31-12 to victory, the Green Bay Packers over the Miami Dolphins. All
1: right, they're going to come rapid fire here. One, it's always nice to play a team with uh, starting with uh, that's not starting. Excuse, let's start over. Okay, we
0: up blue Ben, you, you're, your your takeaways from the Packers' thirty-one to twelve victory over e- the Dolphins,
1: episode nine hundred. Here we go. <laughs> it's always nice to play a team that is not uh, playing at starting QB or either to starting tackle. That's <laughs> that's just a joy. Um, uh, also, somewhere Warren Sapp is maintaining a new equinemia St. Brown fan page, and. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Patrick needs to be our new return man. He has to be. His running with the ball has like the sort of a arc, opening the Ark of the Covenant quality about it. But by the end of it, not only <laughs> did he concuss himself, but I think everyone that watched it suffered similar trauma. I haven't seen spinal seppuku like that since Gus Farratt celebrated the touchdown. Yeah. That, that was, was
0: fantastic. <laughs> Lucas Patrick. I mean, they can j- they just put him in the deep position. Oh, He
1: made a name for himself. <laughs> <laughs> it tickled the taint of my soul. That's exactly that's how I felt.
0: All righty. Um, other than that, you know, just one one big item I want to get to. Can Can you believe this Packers team leads the NFL in sacks right now? Well,
1: I'm gonna split some hairs here, on you. We're We're tied for the lead. Okay, fair also, enough. Also, we got six against the Bills in that shutout <laughs> where everything was going right because the Bills stink. And then we got six here against the Dolphins that had. I, they were banged up, to say the least. So I'm just going to split some hairs there. Okay. But, I mean, yes, I guess I believe it because we live in a strange world. Not, I'm not even going to talk <laughs> about the strangeness of our current political state. But, come on, they did a spin off of Big Bang Theory. People are watching Little Sheldon or whatever it's called, Young Sheldon. Give me a break. Yeah, so, yeah, I can believe the Packers lead the
0: tide for the but, lead. But what, what's remarkable about that, though, is they don't have, like, an elite pass rusher. You know, like... There are teams out there that have, like, a great pass-rushing presence like Reggie White. There there are no Reggie White on this team.
1: No, we actually are poor at (laughs) QB pressure, and yet we lead the league. Yeah. I'm a big fan of a band called Guided by Voices, and Robert Pollack, the lead singer, is quoted as saying, uh, you can suck but still rule, because he knew he couldn't sing, but, you know, like, come on, you guys can enjoy our music. I feel like this is the exact opposite. Like, you can be the best but still be awful.
0: Yeah. I, I, is is it due to coaching? In that you know, there's there's a bunch of players on the team that have like one sack. Like he will dial up a blitz and just a random defensive back this day he'll get get a, get a yeah. sack. And I mean, the next game it's somebody else.
1: The our interior linemen are are really good. Yeah. So their pressure no is real. Like yeah. their sacks are real. Yeah. But then you got a lot of sacks that are pet and dialing up a good call, and then like opponent ineptitude. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> You got it. You got it nailed
0: on that one. <laughs> Twelve sacks versus the Bills and Dolphins alone. Those should only count as half, maybe. Right? You take those away, we're in the <laughs> middle of the pack, which
1: <laughs> is still more than you would expect.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- there are fifteen other teams that had to play the Bills too, and th- their their sacks count. So true. Yeah.
1: The, we should. Yeah, there should be a way to look up stats and like, okay, take out the Raiders, the
0: Niners, <laughs> the Bills. Fair enough. Uh, let's get to our chips report. We'll start this week with the blue chips, the best of the best, the best players on the field. One of them going to Aaron Jones. Thoughts on Aaron Jones? Oh, he had
1: the blue chip wrapped up in like the second quarter. <laughs> I think the only thing more shocking than his output was the fact that we actually gave him the ball 15 times. He racked up 145 yards and two touchdowns. And even after taking out his big 67 yard run, he still averaged over five yards a carry, which is insane. And, uh, As long as he remembered the snap count, he was gold. Speaking of which, since Jones is clearly our number one offensive threat, I'm calling for a simplification in our snap count because he had two uh, false starts. Let's just (laughs) streamline this for him. I say we go on three or we just yell Jones. Or even better yet, I'm lining him up up behind center and we're just snapping it to him. If if we need to throw the ball out of bounds and argue about whether Adam should have cut his his route off short, then he can hand it off to Rodgers. I say we go straight to Jones (laughs) from now on.
0: Let's just take Aaron Rodgers off the field. Just wildcat Aaron Jones all the time. Yeah. I mean, he can throw the ball out of bounds every once in a while if he wants to. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball out of bounds every once in a while, so he can do that. Um, Yeah. uh, Aaron Jones, he had over 100 yards in the first half alone. His 145 rushing yards were a career high, while his 172 all-purpose yards were also a career high because he had a couple catches in there, too. had a nice block on a blitz in which he dove, took out the defender's legs. I thought those were all good things. A couple more crazy stats on this guy uh, after we just got done, or I just got
1: done basically saying stats don't mean anything (laughs) with the whole sacks thing. But he's got 73 rushes, and he's got 28 first downs. Leads the league in that. Stat and uh, he's 19th in the league in rushing, and everyone above him has at least 30 more attempts.
0: Yeah, with the
1: exception of Nick Chubb, who has only 21 more attempts. That's (laughs) a lot more attempts.
0: I saw a statistic and I saw it on social media. I can't remember who tweeted it out or whatever. I apologize. I can't give credit to whoever did, but uh, it was was probably
1: me. It was me, I think. (laughs)
0: I think it was a Ben. I think it was Ben Fennell of The Athletic. I, I apologize ah, if I'm wrong. up Ben, ben Fennell <laughs> uh Ben Fennell said that uh, Aaron Jones basically has a carry of 10-plus yards every 4.1 times he touches the ball. So every four carries, he's getting more than 10 yards. Isn't that rather remarkable?
1: That's It's crazy. I mean— if he gets more attempts, obviously a lot of these numbers are going to come down, but they're still going to be great. Yeah. You know, like right now they're just like bizarre stats, like out off the moon yeah. where there's no gravity. But, like, I don't know, it kind of feels like are we just, like, trying to go for crazy stats? Like Rodgers is throwing the ball out of bounds <laughs> unless he's got a nice, easy 20-yard throw. Like we're not going to hand the ball off unless he
0: it's nuts. Uh, it, t- it took the Packers trading away Ty Montgomery for them to get Jones this many carries, I guess. Maybe this is actually a lesson learned for Mike McCarthy. I, I don't know if he can get that through his thick skull or not. Yep. But
1: Thank God Ty Montgomery <laughs> threw a grenade down to jump on. Otherwise, we might still be looking at eight attempts here.
0: <laughs> All right. The other blue chip player from this week, the best of the best, goes to defensive lineman Kenny Clark.
1: The, the most consistent Packer. Maybe, arguably. Yeah. He's consistently near the top as far as my personal ratings. Um, I'm running out of positive things to say about Clark, if you can't tell. But I fear he's still flying under the radar for the casual fan. Granted, the casual fan around here, like non-alcoholics, is the the minority. (laughs) But bear with me. So... Even when he had seasons that weren't half as good as Clark's, everyone knew who B.J. Raji was, and they yeah. still do. Why? It's because he was a walking, baby-faced innuendo. Like Clinton Dix, he'll forever be remembered for similar reasons. And even Johnny Jolly had the calling card of his coding addiction. So with that in mind, Brian, with you being a marketing <laughs> man, I leave it to you to give the man a nickname that will catch on, or I'm going to give him a sure-fire genital reference.
0: Go. <laughs> I, get, I need time. No.
1: Oh, that's it. Hand job, Clark. <laughs> People will remember H.J. Clark.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, maybe, maybe social media can help us out and find a nickname for him. There probably is one out there already. What do you think
1: about Krang, <laughs> the Ninja Turtle guy? <laughs> the, the, he's,
0: he's a big brain, yeah, right? That, that, I, yeah, it just sounds good.
1: I don't know. Okay. It doesn't work. H.J. <laughs>
0: So Kenny Clark, his splash play, of course, was a, uh, his sack for a loss of nine yards. But he, he made the second most tackles on the team, six of them, uh, after playing 56 snaps, which is remarkable, basically, for a nose tackle. And the way he just gets off blocks and, and, makes, and avoids, tack, avoids blocks it, is remarkable. I don't know how he has so much energy. Like, <laughs> he, gets, he gets like a three-yard push against yeah. a lineman more than I get up out of my chair. he's something else and he is week after week and he should make the pro bowl this year. There's something wrong with the system there's something wrong with the system. So maybe he doesn't make the pro bowl, but he should, he deserves it. Uh, all right. Your red chip players, the good, maybe not great. Uh, one of them going to safety Raven green, the undrafted rookie, This is a perfect segue because I I have Alexander score higher
1: in a similar role, but I think it's the the nickname. Or not the nickname in this regard, but just the name. You know, that's so Raven Green. Like, he sounds like he's got the Cruiserweight Championship for the WWE. Yeah. I think that's why he went with him, see? Uh,
0: Jair Alexander played well, um, but um, there were a few missed tackles there. Um, Yeah. But uh, Raven Green, I mean, Sticking out, he he didn't play all that much, and maybe it maybe it's the because it it took the injury to Kendrell Bryce to get him on the field. It's like the big plays stuck out because they were like at a very coming at a very high percentage rate for him. So he had the big break up on a third down that was in the red zone. Um, he had the it, the sack came unblocked, and I kind of understand like there was nothing you know outstanding about that i mean give him credit for like finishing the play and and you know running like a bat out of hell to to run down the the, the quarterback um you know there was no th- overthinking things involved there and then finally uh the fake punt that he takes for 26 yards oh, yeah. is like the fullback on the play yeah. so he did a good job yeah he did he He
1: came in in a pinch, and that's the kind of the situation where you're thinking, okay, now we're really going to be exposed, and he stepped up. (laughs) That's
0: so Raven Green. Is that going to catch on? (laughs) That's so Raven. I like that. Hopefully that that one should catch on. Uh, But, yeah, do do you think he starts to see more playing time as a result of, like, you know, standing out this game? I don't know
1: because it seems like the, the injuries that got him in there aren't going to carry over to Thursday. Yeah, But, I mean, he'll see some snaps probably, yeah. and then it's what he does with those. So
0: Yeah. The other one, going to center, Corey Lindsley, the unheralded offensive lineman that I think, you know, too often we, we just go with the guys who rack up statistics, and there's no statistics to back up Corey Lindsley's play, but I guess you look at Aaron Jones' statistics in this game, and it's like, Corey Lindsley being the main person responsible for like opening up these holes.
1: Definitely, the number of times he made that first block, like made that hole and then moved on and got yes. to the second level, and then was blocking like throughout the play. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, he he was my highest rated lineman for the the day. He was very consistent. He didn't allow any pressures, and then he was his run blocking was fantastic.
0: Yeah, the amount of times he made the two blocks in one play was. Remarkable and and doing a good job in both the run game and like the screen game, opening up holes there for Aaron Jones. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, a great job by a center who deserves the adulation and accolades and whatever, and probably gets very few of them uh, because of the the lack of statistics behind it. But good job, Corey Lindsley. All right, the cow chips, the. The guys who look the poorest in a Packers green and gold uniform on Sunday, one of them going to the rookie, Josh Jackson. It seems like we're either lauding him or, you know, criticizing him. He's been like the blue chip and the red chips before, and and I believe he's been in the cow chips before and wasn't a great game from him.
1: No, he, he even tried to get both chips on one play. That He made that <laughs> great... Play over the middle where he broke on the ball, and it's like he almost had that pick, and then it goes through, it gets past him, and it allows a huge gain. Yeah. You know, like his performance, I think, was more tolerable than Tremont's just because there were times when I saw Jackson in the right place making the right play, just not finishing it. Yeah, Tremont really struggled.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't mark him down for a positive play once. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately.
0: The, the other cow chip is going to Tremon Williams, but just, uh, to, to sum up here, uh, oh, yeah, Josh sorry, Jackson penalized twice, once for offsides on a field goal, once for a legal contact. Uh, Josh Jackson missed at least two tackles that I saw gave up the long reception when he went for the ball, uh, on the catch by Danny Amendola that you were referring to. So, so yeah, but, but thoughts on Tremon Williams.
1: Oh yeah. I, 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 didn't notice anything positive out of him Yeah, I, I, I got these two guys mixed up because they, in my head, they're almost the same person. That that Frank Gore <laughs> play where no <laughs> they, one could tackle them. They both him, missed tackles. Yeah, they on both that, missed play. that tackle. Just in my head, that was like that summed up their performance on the day. Yeah, yeah. Tremont really struggled.
0: Yeah. Uh, the biggest mistake, of course, was the fumble on the punt return that led to a Dolphins field goal. Uh, but then Williams was only credited with one tackle on the day and that despite playing 100% of the defensive snaps Ouch. so <laughs> you know Ouch. that's all he contributed all day long so he was out there somewhere yeah he was and, and he
1: was hanging out with Fackerel, I think yeah. maybe they were playing backgammon somewhere on the field hey <laughs> Not know. Like,
0: we will get more of this later. Let's let's pause here. Okay. We're gonna take a break uh momentarily before we do. Railbird Central is unsurprisingly brought to you by Beerock, where on Wednesday, November twenty-first, will be hosting Harry Potter Trivia in celebration of the upcoming movie Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Contestants will play for $60 in prizes. Trivia starts at 7.30 p.m., so come on out and test your knowledge of the greater Harry Potter universe here at Beer Rock. And with that, we're going to pause here. Our guest today, Aaron Nagler of Cheesehead TV, we're going to get him on the phone, talk to him, talk some Packers. So we'll pause here and be right back.
1: Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time,
0: Okay. There we go. There's the right sound bite. Welcome back to Railbird Central. Right now, we have Aaron Nagler of Cheesehead TV joining us on the phone. Mr. Nagler, how are you today? I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks a lot for having me. You bet. Thanks for joining us today. We're glad to have you on the phone. Talk some Packers football. I want to start with this, Aaron. Uh, What took Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff so long to get Aaron Jones this many touches? And I don't mean that sarcastically. I'm seriously thinking I want you to go into Mike McCarthy's brain what were they thinking? What was the line of thinking when they, had, they were you know uh, splitting carries between him and, and, and Williams and Montgomery?
2: Well, I think a big part of it was they really liked what each of those guys brought to the table as far as the different kind of ways they could stretch and, and exploit a defense. Uh, I think they really liked Montgomery, obviously, in the two-minute drill. They really liked Williams as a bit of a battering ram, softening defenses up early. And then Jones is the slasher and the guy who's really exciting with the ball in his hands, obviously. Uh, you know, I think really what we saw Sunday was a staff that understood that the Dolphins were really susceptible to the run. They have been, you know, letting opposing running backs run all over them for the past month and a half. So it made a lot of sense to feature Jones in that regard. I'm not sold that they're going to continue to do so. I think they should. But I think it's going to be much more game plan specific depending on what kind of defense they're facing.
0: Well, if they don't continue to get him the ball, this could end up being Mike McCarthy's demise. And uh, I seriously think that because he's a very special talent, Aaron Jones is. But regardless here, uh, moving on, Aaron, it it seems to me as if every game Aaron Rodgers is frustrated with his rookie-wide receivers and what I want to know is, are, are they really making that many mistakes? Or, or how much blame goes to Rodgers himself? Well, I think it's, it's obviously
2: hard on the outside looking in. We don't know what adjustments they're being asked to make at the line of scrimmage, what things they're seeing when it comes to the coverages that they're facing and the adjustments they have to make while they're running out on the routes, etc., We've—I've definitely seen what you're seeing as far as Rogers' frustration after a play, making gestures like, you know, very disapprovingly at EQ or MVS, etc. But like you indicate as well, you got to think there are some instances, there are plenty of instances where Rogers is just missing throws. Whether it's you know, what should be simple crossers that he makes in his sleep, whether it's the deep stuff that is continually coming up short. Uh, He is just not right, and it seems like he still makes incredible throws from time to time. We've seen vintage Rodgers, that last touchdown to Devontae Adams against the Dolphins. That's That's a classic Aaron Rodgers throw. But for every one of those, there appears to be two or three real stinkers that just haven't been in his repertoire before, but now they've become a regular occurrence. So I think his frustration is probably completely warranted. I don't dismiss that. But he could start, you know, helping this offense quite a bit just by hitting the throws and hitting the open man. Uh, they are there; they are there to be had. and He's missing way more than he used to.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, from Aaron Rodgers to one of his targets here, albeit not a rookie, uh, why can't the Packers get the ball to Jimmy Graham more often? I, I realize his athleticism is not what it once was. But it seems like he should be able to get the ball more often on size alone. Just throw it up to him.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's part of the issue. I don't think Rodgers is a throw-it-up-to-you kind of guy. At least not with a guy he hasn't played a whole lot with. I mean, he was with Jordy Nelson because those guys had played a lot of football together. Clearly, they went out in free agency and signed Graham, and it was all very exciting. I thought they'd use him a little bit more in the red zone. That hasn't happened, mostly because Rodgers... He's given him one or two like 50-50 balls to go after, and Graham hasn't come down with them. Uh, but for the most part, you know, between the 20s, teams have done a good job of knocking him off the line of scrimmage. It's funny though, because you talk about you know Jimmy Graham, they're not using him enough, they're not featuring him enough, etc. He's still on pace to be one of the most productive <laughs> tight ends ever in Packers history. I mean, that kind of tells you a little bit about the use of the tight ends throughout the years in Green Bay, but it also suggests that you know they are using him. They're just not perhaps getting in the end zone as much as I think a lot of people thought was going to happen when they signed him, because he was such a red zone weapon for Seattle.
0: It sounds to me like you're denigrating Ed West, the toolbox.
2: <laughs> well, hey, Ed, Ed was an amazing blocker. I'll give him
0: that. <laughs> um, a coaching question here, uh, Aaron. Should, should special teams co- coordinator Ron Zook be on the hot seat after several mistakes this past game?
2: No question. I don't think there's any out, that you can look at the special teams week after week, there are boneheaded mistakes, penalties, uh, Just it's just not a cohesive unit at all, and I know the uh, rallying cry from the coaching staff is always, well, a lot of guys in and out, etc., a lot of youth because of injuries, etc., but every special teams coach deals with that, all across the league. So I don't see that as much of an excuse. Uh, you know, I just don't see Zook as a particular Uh, stickler for detail and I think that comes out in his uh in his special teams units they're just I think the coverage has been good I mean that's about the best you can say for them
0: I've seriously heard his name in connection to the open coaching job at the University of Kansas and, and we don't have to analyze whether he's a fit there but do you just think like Ron Zook would like to get back into uh like a head coaching gig
2: I think he I mean I I can't I can't imagine that you wouldn't I mean the stuff from his days as a head coach, as a, as a recruiter in college, or legendary, uh, He maybe he wants to get back into that. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he He's a fun guy to talk to. You know, he, he is a charmer. He's a schmoozer. Maybe that's the aspect of the job that he's looking to get back into. Maybe he misses that. But I, I just don't see him as a top-flight special teams coach in the NFL.
0: Fair enough. Um, defensive uh, question here, Aaron. Are, are we destined to accept mediocre to subpar play from the outside linebacker position the rest of the season, or is there any way to get an upgrade at all?
2: Oh, I don't think so. I think what you see is what you get. <laughs> it's funny because the Packers are tied for the league, league in sacks. Imagine if they had a legit edge rusher. Uh, they could really be doing some damage, but Right now, Kyler Fackrell has outplayed Nick Perry pretty much all year, which is something I don't think anybody expected heading into the season. Um, I think right now their best combination is Clay and Kyler Fackrell on either side. And I think I know people get upset with Clay because the lack of production is there as far as sacks go, but he's still at least disruptive. Like he still he can disrupt a play, and while he can't bend the edge the way he used to. He's still a valuable asset on the defensive side of the ball. Nick Perry has just been completely invisible. And now, of course, he's stayed behind as the team has flew to Seattle today. Uh, Perry won't even be playing Thursday night because of the injury on Sunday. Uh, It's just, I mean, they've got to get, I can't believe I'm saying this, they have to get Fackrell on the field more. And it sounds like that's going to start Thursday night.
0: It may have to. Uh, Nick Perry is MIA. Uh, last question here, Aaron, uh, last Packers question. Is this Thursday night a must-win game for the Packers if they hope to make the playoffs?
2: I don't think so, but, you know, the, the, the margin for error is getting less and less. I think they can't realistically lose more than one, one more game this season, I think, to have a realistic shot. The NFC North still has yet to beat up on itself a little bit, and there's a lot of games scheduled down the stretch. That could help the Packers, but they can't afford to fall too far behind. I mean, they have to play a lot of these teams in their house, Minnesota, Chicago, et cetera. I, I, I don't think it's a must-win, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a game that if, if it's there to be had, they can't afford to drop it.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Anything you want to plug, Aaron, before we let you go? Upcoming uh, stuff on Cheesehead TV, your daily chats, anything?
2: Absolutely. I mean, just make sure you're checking us out. We do Packer's daily chat every day at 5 tomorrow. We have Packer transplants. I'm hosting alone because Mr. Bank Uh is big time of me out in L.A., so (laughs) uh, make sure you check that out. And just, you know, Cheesehead TV, cheeseheadtv.com, on the YouTube channel, we're on Facebook, we're on Patreon. Check us out.
0: Do you got a guest tomorrow?
2: Well, funnily enough, we had one who canceled tonight.
0: So but <laughs> You're, he'll you're be looking for one. <laughs> Fair we enough. Have,
2: we had Charlie Barron set to come on, but he'll he'll be on in a couple weeks.
0: Okay, sounds good. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work, okay?
2: Thanks, brother. Thanks so much for
0: having me on. You bet. See ya. Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV's own co-founder of the website. Uh, thanks to him for joining us. Uh, and uh, let's continue on. Ben Hofferman joining us once again to go through mailbag questions. You ready, uh, Ben? Yes, the Peter Al's mailbag. <laughs> we have no question from what? Peter. Isles. Yeah, well, uh, we we'll just name it after him. I'm going to have to call him see if he's in a coma or yeah. something. All right, from Samuel Shear on Twitter. What are your thoughts on Kyler Fackrell team leading five sacks? Is he improving or is Clay and the rest slacking?
1: I am decidedly going with the latter. Outside of our interior alignment, our pressure is wildly inconsistent. And uh, to my eyes, as we've already mentioned, it, it goes to Petten, a good call, an inferior opponent. And uh, Fackerel has all the awareness of a Roomba. And I don't even think that's an analogy. I'm pretty sure I saw him. I watched him chase the cat into a piano leg last week.
0: <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Uh, Kyler Fackerel has improved this season to the point where he's at least worthy of an NFL roster spot, which I didn't believe – at this point last season even during the preseason i'm not calling him a pro bowler by any stretch of the imagination but this is my mea culpa to kyler Fackrell he,
1: he can you can only give him one assignment he is about to play against the seahawks that just run the read option and so <laughs> we'll see
0: he did put the spin move on that, that was nice that move was great yes that was the one move where i was like
1: what kyler Fackrell did that
0: <laughs> kyler
1: Fackrell, whatever
0: all right, from Dan Haddinger on Twitter. Uh, given the performance of guys like Aaron Jones and Mercedes Lewis this past weekend, even against the lowly Dolphins, D, is it time to start looking for more playmakers on both sides of the ball, and does this finally get Lewis some more touches?
1: I'm kind of confused by the question because Aaron Jones and Mercedes Lewis were in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just put me in my grave so I can roll over. I don't – uh, man, the Mercedes Lewis thing will not die. I, I want him to, like, badly fumble a kickoff return so that we don't have to deal with this mess anymore.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm not exactly – maybe I just don't understand what Dan is asking. He's like, are they looking for play, more playmakers on both sides of the ball? Like, like do you yes. mean, like, the, the the trade deadline's over, the draft isn't until next April? Like, there's nothing they can really do right now other than – scour the scrap heap of guys who are just on the street and we know they're not going to be all that good
1: yeah i mean everyone should be a little happy mercedes lewis got that catch on a two tight end set with jimmy graham like everyone got is just like just everyone's dream happened
0: yeah i I mean it was a great play that was a very well designed play and a great play by mercedes lewis to get downfield
1: yeah i i'm gonna say it's exactly what everyone was asking for and I guess now people are just gonna ask for more of it. I thought that might appease everyone.
0: Yeah, like last week he got his first catch that basically went he might for get nothing. Two this yeah, I mean now we have to get him multiple catches in a game.
1: Oh, I okay. All right, sorry, Aaron Jones. you're playing well, but we gotta get Mercedes the ball, just sit this one out.
0: Yeah. And as far as the Packers getting more playmakers, it's gonna to have to wait till the off season, I think. Uh, from Jacob Slaughter on Twitter. Think, think he's related to Sergeant Slaughter?
1: I would have to see his jaw to accurately uh, trace that ancestry.
0: <laughs> Question, what are your thoughts on the more traditional fullback versus the H-back tight end combo the Packers are utilizing now with Kendricks?
1: I'm going to admit that I uh, am not up to speak strategically about uh, the pros and cons, but I am very glad. I don't want to see a fullback in the same county as Mike McCarthy. The best part of losing John Coon, who was an excellent fullback, was that we never had to see another fullback dive for six inches. It's worth it just for
0: that. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Uh, I'll say this. Lance Kendricks has been a very poor blocker for the most part yes. uh, this season, and I think somebody else could do a far superior job than him.
1: Yeah. I know. I completely agree. I mean, I've been more impressed with Jimmy Graham blocking, and he blocks yeah. well downfield <laughs> against receivers and, and the
0: well, yeah. Undersized I mean, he's, he's guys, not, which anyone can do. But. He's not being asked to line up in the backfield like Hendricks has. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I get it. I I was always fine with the occasional like fullback carry, like when Whoa. they come on, when they come on like third and one, fourth and one. When we're talking, like, four-minute drill, like, at the end of the, the, the half or the, the end of the game when you're up by, like, two scores, like, go ahead. That is the time to give John Coon a carry, not when the game is in question and it's, like, second and five, and I never understood that. Well, the little
1: teapot John Coon, tip him over and pour him out that guy. I, I never wanted to see him run the ball. <laughs> just do a QB sneak if you're that desperate for something quick.
0: I get it. I'd, I'd rather see Aaron, John Kuhn get the ball than Aaron Rodgers try to push a pile, though.
1: Yeah, just because you don't want to see him banged up, or
0: well, that and I yeah, mean, Coon's more pile, likely but... to be a jackhammer. Get right. get six inches.
1: Yeah, I just think that the speed there might be beneficial. I mean, yeah. the Patriots do it all day long.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm not opposed to the occasional quarterback sneak. Um, from Dead Grateful on Twitter, what are the chances we see Jordy Nelson in a Packers jersey next year? 1%, 2% or whole milk?
1: A round of applause for the question. That was, <laughs> that was well done. And a fitting way to ask a question about old Farm Fresh Flakes Jordy. And even more fitting that for a guy with a personality of eating dry cereal with water, and that percentage in my mind is closer to the tap of 0%.
0: <laughs> I think there's a greater chance that we'd see – not that I think that there's a great chance of this happening, but I think there's a better chance of it happening this year, like him retiring or the Raiders letting him out of his contract and the Packers signing him down the stretch. Oh, no, man. They got proms in Oakland.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got that right. I think they might actually be the worst football team ever. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned that, and then someone said, hey, what about that old Buccaneers team, the creamsicle dream? I, I never got to see them play, so I have no idea. But honestly, you you put this team up against the 0-16 Lions, they might be losing that game. They, they won week one, all right, and since then they've only gotten much worse.
0: Yeah, they they got problems out there in Oakland, that's for sure. Uh, thank you to everybody for submitting your questions uh, via social media. And with that, uh, last segment here, uh, predictions for Week 11. Packers on a short week have to travel to the outpost of Seattle. Uh, I mean, both teams play on short rest, but, I mean, how much does that impact uh, the Packers this week? I mean, I think the the short week
1: hurts the Packers more than it hurts the Seahawks just because, the man, the offense they run is so simple. They don't even... Do they have to game plan defenses or they just run over and over again? The, friggin' Russell Wilson had 26 pass attempts. 12 of those came in the last five minutes after they were down two scores. That's how, like mundane their offense is it's just like a throwback to when uh, the forward pass was a novelty in the glory days when tv <laughs> couples said their good nights from respective twin beds and even the birds and bees did it missionary and then only on holidays or to celebrate a good war A <laughs> man's word meant something you wore a suit like a decent human being there was lead in the paint hemlock in the carpeting and an arsenic in your toothpaste but we all seemed to grow up just fine you had a ham on easter a turkey on thanksgiving roast beef on christmas eve and a good football play meant you ran between the tackles over and over and over again because style and strategy
0: was the devil's entertainment, Brian. <laughs> Amen. So the Seahawks uh, have a throwback offense. No, it's so
1: boring. Have you watched him play? Not it's, much. It's a read option. Russell keeps it every once in a while. They, and then he'll throw a pass. Or he usually just, like, when he keeps it, he doesn't even throw it. He looks for a second, then he runs. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it doesn't match up well against us because we don't have discipline outside linebacker play. Yeah. So, I don't But, like the Dolphins, the, the Seahawks are actually giving up, I don't know what, twenty 28th in the league in run defense. Like, we should be running the ball against them. So, I think I still go Packers. If we lose, it's going to be a heartbreaker, though.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen this team enough over the past, I don't know, ever since the last Super Bowl with their back to the wall – you know they're like, you know the they had to, the year they had to win out. What was the saying? Like, win out to make the playoffs.
1: Don't fire until you see the whites of their I, eyes. Or I something. don't know. I'm
0: missing, grasping for straws here. But I've I've seen this team with the back to the wall, and they do it late in the season. And for whatever reason, I think they can come out of Seattle uh, with a victory, even though it should be a tough hard-fought game on the road against the 12th man.
1: So yeah, snooze. It, <laughs> it's it, it's going to be a chore of a game to watch. I'm actually going to be spending much of it trying to spy between the hammering jaw of Pete Carroll in an effort to finally determine if it's a piece of old shoe leather or a callus off a hobbit's foot that he chews on all game. Because scientifically, those are the only two things that could keep up with that number <laughs> of chews. Have a score prediction? I think it's going to be in the 20s for both teams. It's going to be just a... I twenty eight twenty four Packers.
0: Okay. Sounds good to me. I, I I'll go with the exact same score just from the simple fact that I hadn't really thought of it, but I I think the Packers can win and that sounds, you know, relatively like it could be in the realm of possibility.
1: Unfortunately I think it's gonna be another subpar performance by Aaron Rodgers and we're gonna come back just wondering what's going on. And uh but Aaron Jones is gonna
0: he's gonna rack up more yards. Just watch him. I hope so. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank everybody so much for joining us, both online and here at Beerock. We'll see you later. I leave you today with a song called "Velvet Red" by Conspirator on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go pack. Go.